USA in the Big Leagues. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff. I'm Tom. I'm Kim. And we are three old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, as always, just down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville and the birthplace and final resting place of Bumpus Jones. Well, today the Reds welcomed Tyler Malley to the show and Chad Wallach. It's a movie we've been wondering about whether they would make or not, right? Yeah. So, who got to who got to watching pitch today? Yeah, we you, all watched did you, him. Did you what? Did you guys both watch some of him pitch? He's a different kind of starter. I mean, you look at Castillo, the the highest average fastball speed. Yeah. And he this guy's a control guy. He throws strikes. Although he walked four people today, but you know your first major league start, twenty two years old. A little That's, bit, a little nervous. But, gonna um, walk some. I think it's. I think we'd like to see him pitch a few more times. See how what, he does. Three runs in five innings. Did they hit him really hard, or was it just kind of just hits that found them found their way in? Let's see. I, I know he had the four walks and a hit by pitch. Um, I think who who was it? Jay, John Jeho had a double down the right field line. I, I, I after would say, after the walks, yeah. I would say no. He wasn't hit hard. He showed good poise out there. The thing that's been impressive about him is what I've been reading about is in the minors, he, he's not been one of these guys that just impresses you with flat-out speed. It, it's, uh, dare I say, Greg Maddox-esque in terms of control, although we didn't see that control today as much, but control. And he actually got up, I think, in the fifth inning, one of the last batters he faced, he got up to 96. On average, about 93 to 95 mile an hour fastball. But if you watched him pitch, and Tom probably can tell us more about it than I could, there was no wasted movement in his form, in his delivery. It was just smooth. Yeah, one thing you always tell young pitchers is you keep your head still. That gives you better control, mm-hmm. the stiller that your head is. So, so swinging a golf club or swinging a baseball bat, it's a similar thing, right? I'm swing the pendulum. Kent Tocolvi, I think, <clears throat> obviously, that under that submarine pitch, yeah. okay? Herky-jerky all over the place. But with Molly just so composed and got the sign, and he, he, he really doesn't go over the head like Tom Seaver with his glove, just takes it, comes, and goes straight to the mound and just a plate. and uh, mm. Good first start. And, and a quick worker, too. Well, you know, uh, at least, at least again, the parts that I saw, I didn't, I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch as much as get, I wasn't able to watch quite as much as much of it as you guys were. But I, what I saw was like they were like showing a highlight, and they're coming back out of the highlight, and he's in his windup yep. already. And half the time, you know, the guys are still pawing around at the mound. At the as rubber. we've talked about, if you play, I play shortstop. You play behind a pitcher. You love that. You love to be ready every pitch. Would you have, Tom, would he have loved to play behind you? Were you a fast worker? <laughs> you know, I don't really remember. that. No one really talked about that back in the 80s, so I don't remember if I was fast or not, to be honest with you. You just, you were you. I just did my thing. So there is a thing where you got, you, you have to be you to a degree, but uh, you can't just all of a sudden decide to be a fast worker, right? You got to practice that. I mean, that, that's something you have to prepare yourself to do in a game. Well, some guys are overthinkers, and it's better for them to work work fast. And, and other people need to remind I mean, I, some pitchers I remember coaching, you got you to gotta tell them, all right, before you throw this pitch, you need, to, you need to remember what it takes to throw a successful curveball before you actually deliver it, right? Don't just try and do muscle memory. Sometimes you have to remind yourself mentally, mm-hmm. so that takes a little bit more time. Mm, interesting. But will, it, will he stay with the club? Oh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that I haven't either. either. Bailey is scheduled to pitch Wednesday. So who goes Tuesday? Oh, I hope it's not Wojo or... It, it, it is. That's who That's who our other guy is. I mean, I think he has some uh, relief, long relief potential. 
But he's, uh, I'm not, I don't think he's a starter. I mean, you see every time he gets through the second, third but time. They, he, it's our, what, what I'm, what I'm going to, okay, so you're going to have Homer, then you'll have uh, Castillo. Uh, uh, Romano, then you'll have Stevenson, Stevenson, then you'll have Castillo, and then will they enable, uh, will they allow Molly to pitch? And because at that point you're in September now. So I don't know if there's official days, is it September 1 or what? Yeah. When you have the call-ups. But because both Molly and Castillo are on that innings pitch count, and the word is both of them. Well, Castillo has maybe two more full starts, and they'll see. So there even has been mention of a six-man rotation to spread that out further. You see more guys pitch and allow mm-hmm. them to pitch further. Yeah, on. that depends on how the bullpen goes. I mean, you have six starters up, and you get well, a bullpen. Up. Yeah, but once you expand the roster, you can get more bullpen. Up. But that's not till September. Yeah, but that's that's Friday. That's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I think we would love to do a show coming up where we got some input for some of our listeners. So we're asking you right now. You can tweet at us at Three Old Reds Fans. You can do something on Facebook, uh, Three Old Reds Fans there. We have an email address, Three Old Reds Fans. It's the number three at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, there's a lot of people out there we know just dying to ask us something. Maybe, uh, we, you know, our good buddy Jeff Guernsey will. Uh, doctor. Doctor. Now. Yes, he is now. He just uh, earned his PhD. Defended his dissertation nine days ago. So, I mean, we uh, can't promise. We have so many listeners. Oh, well. We, we can't can... promise we'll be able to answer everyone and do what everyone wants. But we might. But we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Yes. If we get two or three, we can probably handle that. <laughs> if we get two or three. <laughs> so, hey, but we do have a, spo- a new sponsor. A good friend of ours. I think they'll be rolling in after this. Well, it could be. It could be. So now I'm going to read the ad. Okay? So, you ready? Hughes Law Firm. Well, actually, I read it wrong already. See, I can't. I hope he doesn't sue me. Cut. Cut. Take two. Take two. <laughs> Hughes Law, with a focus on wills, trusts, elder law, and businesses, is located in Springfield and serves all 88 counties of the great state of Ohio. For more information, go to Hughes Law, that's H-U-G-H-E-S, law.cc, or call 937-308-0520. And our good friend Dustin says, mention this podcast and get a wink and a nod. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to find a better attorney. No, good, good dude. And uh, we make a lot of fun of him. We kid around with him. He's way better than the Elk and Elk. His hair is way better. Yeah. Is it it way better? Uh, Way. Way better? better. Well, that doesn't take much. So. I guess we'll never get Elk and Elk as sponsors. (laughs) No, I guess not. I guess not. Well, they're they're pretty big time, so we'll be So is Dustin. Well, that's true. Well, as far as the advertising goes. Our young pitchers. We've talked about Molly. So they put a stat up on the screen today, uh, some stats. I was getting ready to look it all up, and then... Like, oh, there it was on the screen, and so I just took a picture of it and copied it down uh, in full disclosure. So Big Sally, as he's been known this weekend, Romano, last two starts, 193 ERA, three earned runs and 10 strikeouts in 14 innings. Bob Stevenson, in <laughs> in the month of August, 196 ERA, four, run, four earned runs and 18 and a third. And 21 strikeouts. Of course, he had the big, what, first six strikeouts to start the game the other night? Yeah. And 11 the other night total. And 11, yeah. And then Luis Castillo in his last three starts, 
159 ERA, three earned runs in 17 innings, and 24 strikeouts in 17 innings. Pretty impressive. So we were sort of lamenting two weeks ago. You know, last week was so crazy, we just really didn't get a chance to get together. Well, Castillo's worked out, but this whole young pitcher thing is kind of a bust other than that. And two weeks later, it's like we're prov- you know, we're reminded again, this is a long season. There, you have to be patient in baseball. And all of a sudden, we're like, well, maybe this Romano and this Stevenson character. And now, Molly, they brought him up. Uh, maybe it. Maybe we'll find out something. What do you think? What do so, you think? What do you think do you we're going to be saying a month from now when the season's wrapping up? Yeah, who do you think has the best shot other than Castillo? Obviously, is a solid, solid pitcher. It looks like, but oh, the other three guys. I mean, who do you think has the best shot for next year? I hope they all do. I think they've all sort of put themselves in consideration. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to predict who's going to be there. But do you have a prediction? I, I like Romano. I really do. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. You're the pitching guru among us. I don't know if I'm a pitching guru. I'd well, still be doing compared it. to me, you are. <laughs> Same here. I like, I like Romano. I really do. I think I think he, sometimes he looks lost on the mound, but I think he's just young. But, but ability-wise, I, li- I like what he... And Stevenson has always had the ability, right? They've always talked about his ability, but his head, they've had trouble with his head. Right, but, and Kim talked about that a couple of weeks ago, about yeah. him, what? Taking instruction better, and well, it seems to be paying yeah, off. Answer the question. I, I, I'm a guy. I, I'm a data guy, data driven, and the numbers don't lie. When you when you look at he loves you, the metrics too. When you look, he, well, well, when he you look at my. <laughs> no, he's he, got too many letters and symbols. Sometimes we call let's him just say, Let's say, <laughs> let's just say he's data driven to a point. Legacy stats. I need you the Esqu- I need the Esquire to defend me right now. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff looked like he was rolling oh, his Mr. eyes Hughes. a little bit. Oh, I don't. I never roll my eyes. <laughs> Only when I'm on C-SPAN. Um, <laughs> no, that's a that's a whole other story. Anyway, but, okay. I believe in the data. Molly, did you see his numbers on how successful he's been on every step of the way? I, I believe that's going to translate to the big leagues. So I. Is it the start of next year? I don't know, but at some point next year, just continues to be Tyler Molly. We'll see him up. Romano, kind of look at him improving. Look at him; he's got that baby fat. Just like to see him get more, uh, probably a better diet. He's just learning. Stevenson, I've mentioned a couple of times now. Yet yeah, we we heard he, uh, Delino DeShields was saying until he does what he's been asked to do and taught to do, he's not going to succeed. Send him back down for the longest time. Stayed with the Reds for 13 days and did not see any action. They brought him out in the bullpen one night after 13 days of inactivity and got hammered. Comes back now, and the past two starts, uh, still little issues with walks and what have you, but there's improvement. There's improvement on him, so hopefully that will continue. And then how do you discount the confidence factor? Doug Collins one time, NBA announcer, said that the, the the, the line is so gray and so thin between non-confidence and confidence and once you get someone to be confident in whatever it is the trajectory is there so hopefully we'll see that with these three two you know two months ago we're thinking will our uh will it be maybe three months ago will it be finnegan will it be cody reed rookie davis rookie davis have y'all been reading the past two or three starts is it one walk in 21 minutes and and multiple strikeouts so can that be carried on to the next level? But I, I like these three that you mentioned, Castillo, Stevenson, and Romano, and, and Molly, I think. Well, those are the four we've seen start. at the big league level lately. 
Well, Molly, we've had. The thing is, is the first couple starts they can they can do okay, but then when the scouting report starts catching up with them, you really see what they are. Well, good that's point. what happened to Garrett. So, I mean, it point. seems like that, and the Reds sent him down when they shouldn't have. But because they notice tendencies and <laughs> and uh, stuff, so I think with Molly, we need to give it give him a few starts before we can oh. judge. And Castillo's Absolutely. first start was against a, a great team, the Nationals. But wasn't it five innings, five hits, five runs, yeah, and something, five walks? Yeah, he was kind of the opposite. Was wasn't it? But he, he pitched a great game, but again, the bullpen, because they had a big lead. And bullpen yeah, the bullpens let him down two or three times, big time. So, okay. Outfield. Shebs is back, healthy, and he's had some really nice games, hit the ball pretty well. Winker goes on the DL. What did we think of Winker? And is he the guy? Do, do we need to find a place for him to bat leadoff? Hmm. What do you think? Who, Winker? Yeah. Is he a leadoff? What was his on base I know he's, I don't know. But it seemed like it was good. He walks. Yes. He'll, he'll, he'll take walks. He was batting average was hovering around 290, 300 when mm-hmm. he got hurt. Do we have to go back to this? Oh, we got – I mean, Pete Rose was not a base stealer. And was a leadoff hitter and helped the team win a lot of games for a lot of years. We've seen some of the Charlie Blackmans of the world now being leadoff guys. Does it have to be, oh, our fastest guy, or are we stuck in a, with Billy Hamilton, is this some sort of old notion that we have to well, follow? Why wouldn't we put Joey Votto hitting first? Why wouldn't we let him lead off? I mean, should, shouldn't it be the person that's going to get on base for everybody else? Is there anybody that gets on base like Joey Votto? No. no. Nobody. So I know you usually put your he, – he hits for power in RBIs. That's why he's hitting third. Mm-hmm. But who else do we have that gets on base as much as Joey Votto? Nobody, but that's why I raised the question. I don't – they're not going to do that. No, they're not. So let's – it's like, yeah, you could raise that and say that would be kind of interesting to try. But you know that's not going to happen, right? So is Winker – do we do something personnel, trade-wise, whatever, and, and say let's make him a leadoff hitter? I looked at his numbers because the other night I tweeted, I don't know if y'all saw it, but someone was talking about Winker on the bench again. And I said, one-third of us, Winker, one-third of us, Shebs, and one-third like Switzerland. You know, sort of neutral. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, you being Winker, me being Shebs, and Tom, Tom being, being Switzerland, Switzerland. Which is not a bad place to be. No. Um, Sizer a Swiss name? But no. I, the... the uh, <laughs> Ratio of at bats and home runs. If he had the same number of at bats as Shevler's, twenty home runs for Winker. Now will that continue? I don't know. We this team needs a guy to get on base consistently. And after you know, it's like last year. Out, out, Votto walk out, and now the guys after him just can't seem to come through. Duvall, you know, now he's what uh, three for twenty. His last twenty six. Yeah, but don't judge Duvall over the last. I, I'm series. just saying he's we need a, a con- he's had an awesome year. Tom, I'm saying we need a consistent hitter. A hitter. I know we talked about chicks love the long ball, and we got Duvall and we got Shebler, but we need a hitter back there who can get Votto in or those guys. That we don't have. After, after Votto. Wait a minute, though. Duvall has some of the, the most RBIs of any outfielder. I've, I've what, seen is he, like stats. third in Left the. Fielder, yeah. yeah. I'm, just looking, I'm just looking consistently, though, as many times as Votto's on base, well, and no one's on, no one, not many people are ahead of him. He still has more RBIs than Duvall. Winker has I'll, a 400 on base percentage. I'll say this: Votto gets on base so much, you couldn't, you can't rationally expect him to score every time. 
I'm not asking every yeah, time, but I, I would ask one time the past two days. <laughs> one time the past two days would have helped. I know. And Especially it's, today. you know, in a couple games, you know, we, we watch really closely and, and it feels like, because you were asking, what's the stat about, can we find a stat on, on uh, the Reds compared to the rest of baseball on how much they score? Well, when they the bases score when the bases are loaded, those three and nobody guys, else. do they score? What, what's the what's the uh, major league average? I don't know. I I dug around. I didn't find it. It's probably out there somewhere. Or how about how many times it. Joey Votto's left on base? And the question That's is, and, and we and we agreed before you got here that, well, we watch him every day, so it feels like maybe more than it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe they are the worst at it. Yeah. Maybe they're. Maybe they're maybe better at it than everybody average, else. Yeah. Yeah, we're not watching. Maybe the they load the bases more than anybody else. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, if they do, then either. so that's, that's why but, I went to the guru. That's why you went to me for the numbers, and I, I couldn't find them yet. So if anybody, you know, anybody out there finds that, let us know. We'll tweet it out there, and either uh, Nick or uh, anybody you can, and one of those guys. And yeah, yeah. So uh, I saw Cozart today has 17 home runs. A little bit different topic, but. He could easily get to 20. Do we know how many teams have had six people hit no, 20 home I haven't, runs? I haven't really delved into That'd that be, either. I thought what, you were supposed to do that. I think you're right, I was. <laughs> what about Scooter in the leadoff hole? I don't know what his on-base percentage is. I don't know. He's batting 290. And he has all year. I Just, I, I have been surprised that, that you know, because last year Price moved Billy around a lot. Yes. He didn't done it this year. His, Scooter's B.A. is Billy's O.B.P. Enough said. Yeah. So, Scooter, Winker, somebody. Billy's a legit big leaguer. He's a he's an oh, elite outfielder. Tremendous. I mean, being awesome. The, the, the other night when he tripped, it's like you know you're he, he covered so much ground. He was going to catch. He still almost made a great catch as he stumbled. Right. But it's just like Scooter's on base percentage is only three forty though. So, compared to. Billy. Compared to Billy, it's pretty stout. But, but what Billy brings you is incredible speed when he's on base and defense like no other. Right. He'd be a lot better eight hitter than Cesar Geronimo was. Well, as far as all around, all around, yeah. In, in career average wise, probably not that whole whole lot different. Even though Geronimo had a couple really strong years, about three hundred plus one year. But you're probably, yeah, I'd be happy with it. So, Kim, do you have a throwback player for us? Maybe it's a leadoff hitter. I do. <laughs> <laughs> if he is, can we bring him back? Is it? This can is we a, get Biff Roberts back in the lineup? Uh, or Chu? Shinsu Chu. Yeah. This is a guy that uh, played in the majors from 1980 to 1990. Played his college baseball at Oklahoma State in the 75 and 76, and then played for the, univer- the rival Oklahoma Sooners the next year in 77. Drafted by the Reds in 77. Fourth round the only Oklahoma State guy knows. of the he 77, Robin Ventura, Robin Ventura. Yeah. of the 100, uh, drafted in the fourth round of the 77 draft, he was named the Pioneer League MVP. So in terms of his career, comes in, I like this guy. 1980s rookie year, he went 7-3 and three with a 3.56 ERA. Pitcher. All his games. It's not Mario Soto, Tom. That was last week. 24 games, started 13. His next year, 6-1 and one, with an ERA of 2.52. Every game out of the bullpen. So the next two years, they had him as a starter. Now that, now we're getting into some bad teams for the Reds, okay? 82, 83. Was he 84. with the Reds all 10 years? No, sir. Okay. 
2.85 ERA in 82 with a 3-4 and four record. Next year, 2.88 ERA on some horrible teams with a 10-6 and six record. The next year, seven and thirteen with a four point one nine ERA would still be better than some of our pitchers, and then with them a couple more years. Then with San Francisco, Toronto, and Boston, and closed out his last year with Baltimore. In a what lefty. year? What was his last year? A lefty, nineteen ninety. Oh, so he's a ten year career. The same number as Chad Wallach today, and I know y'all probably didn't no, catch I'm that, so I'll take it number forty nine. But a good lefty one had a very deceptive fastball. And a good roundhouse curve. Uh, Dependable pitcher for the, some teams that were very bad there in the early 80s. Oh, boy. Lefty uh, 80s. We don't want to spend a lot of I'm drawing a blank. dead time on this. but uh, Well, just tell us who it is. His initials are JP. Joe Price. Joe Price. Oh. If he'd have been in the right situation, I, I think he would have had much better numbers. But uh, never, never uh, seemed to go after that. I think he was forty-five and forty-nine in his career, mm-hmm. and his record with the Reds was like thirty-six and thirty-one. Right. So with so again with some weak like, teams, hard, people had trouble figuring out whether to make him a starter or a reliever. It sounds like back and forth, and we needed all the help we can get. Yeah, exactly. Joe Price. I remember Pitch with Price. Mario Soto. Yes, he did. Oklahoma State, huh? And then Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Interesting. It's interesting he'd go from yeah, one I, Oklahoma to the other. You don't know what I you wonder what happened. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you ever heard of this guy, Bill Campbell? You remember him as a pitcher? Mm-hmm. Is that a guy you is that, is that a name you remember? Mm-hmm. So that's our baseball card of recollection today. We're gonna do Bill Campbell, pitcher for the twins. This is his seventy six card. It's the old uh follow through Pose shot with empty spring training stands and batting cage behind him shot. Anyway, on the back of this card, it, it notes that in 1975, both Pete Rose and Rod Carew led their respective leagues in both singles and in batting. So I thought, well, these two guys, known as two of the better hitters in the history of the game, what kind of, what, what do guys like that when it comes to leading the league and things, what's it look like? So Rose was a 17-time All-Star, Rod Crew was an 18-time All-Star. Is that right? The only time Rod Crew did not play in the All-Star game was his last year. He played 19 seasons. With the Twins and the Angels. Quite twins a bit. and the Angels. Twins and the Angels. Um, had ended up, I think, with 3,053 hits. So, you know, he just didn't have as much of a, quite as long a career. Rod Crew always looked like he could barely hold his back. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. about to fall out of his hands. Yeah. He sort of had an awkward stance, yeah. too. He was he was one of these science-hitting guys, yeah. right? I mean, Ahead of his a, time. He was a Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs was kind of like that, these guys. And, and we see Votto doing similar things, but... And Tony Gwynn, to mention another one. Those three guys sort of... But, but Votto like has power, guy. which is Votto's got guys. power, they didn't. Yeah. Exactly. George Brett was kind of that way with some power. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know where Ride Crew's from? Where he's born? What country? No idea. I I don't remember, but I've heard it. Panama. Mm. He's from Panama. Anyway, Rose. We'll go back to Rose. We'll, well, we'll actually, we'll just compare the two as we go. Rose led the league in hits seven times. Carew led his league in hits three times. Of course, Carew played all his career in the American League. Pete was a three-time batting champ. Guess any guess how many batting titles Carew won? I'll say six is a guess. Pretty close, seven. Wow. Uh, Pete led the league in on-base percentage twice, Carew four times. Pete led the league in runs scored four times, and Carew once. 
I didn't find in all the statue seed it never lists like singles. So that stat I've led the league in singles. I didn't find that. Probably could find it somewhere, but I, I didn't find it. Pete had a three hundred three career batting average. Rod Carew three twenty eight. Wow. Um, Pete three seventy five on base percentage career and Carew three ninety three. Three ninety three career. Career for getting on base. Yeah, almost four out of ten times he got on base. Um, I don't know what Joey Votto's is at the po- this point. But... Yeah, but real quickly, I'll say the other night I saw a stat. I don't know if y'all saw in the game when Joey Votto at, at the plate with two strikes, his OBP, 427. Yeah, which is year. which is way out of the norm because two-strike counts of pitchers, that's, that's, that's an advantage pitcher for it's everybody every else. Every time. For almost everybody else except yeah. that guy. Joey Votto's career OBP at this point, you want to guess what it is? It's higher than Rod Carew's. Yeah, I'm going to say about .410. 426. 420. He's he led went up the, today. And he has led the league six times in on-base percentage. How many years has he been he in the league? His, since his ten, ten, he just has 10 2007, he played 24 games. He became a full-time starter in 2008. In 2008, his on-base percentage was 368. It was over 400 every year except for 2014 when he only played in 62 games because he had that hamstring issue. And that year, it was 390. Every other year, it's been over 400. I mean, and well over 400, like 424, 474, 434, 442, crazy numbers like that. So that's... Have you guys ever heard before this year people saying... That Joey Votto is a for sure uh, Hall of Famer. This is the first year I've heard people say that. Well, he's got enough years under him now that if he has a few more good ones, well, what's he's helping in. the sabermetrics? Sabermetrics, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. By far. Yep. Because people look at the stuff that he does, the yeah. OPSs, the OBP. All of a sudden, he starts showing up at the top of all these. You're right. right. In uh, the wars. In the war number, <laughs> wins above replacement. He's already at 6.1 this year, and that's a pretty good number for, I mean, and we still got a month, a little over a month to go in the season. His EDP is. His EDP, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that maybe. Maybe. So, Pete Rose, Rod Carew. All right, our stumper last week. A bit humorous how this all came about yeah what was the stumper can we repeat it repeat the stumper and then you need to tell the story about when i when i finally um, guessed played played in the major 76 through 89 his first year was with the reds when they won the world series his last year was 89 this happened when he was not a red Uh, esquire follow along closely he uh was with the mets playing at chicago no lights back then so it was an afternoon game struck out in inning one Got a single the next time, knocked in a run. They pulled him from the game. He goes to the manager, what are you doing? And I believe it was uh, 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 George Bamberg. That's what he said, said. That's what you said last week, George Bamberg. Okay, then it says. And he said, well, you've just been traded. So he goes, and a little funny story in that is he forgot his glove, had the cabbie turn around, go back to the stadium, get his glove, flies to Philadelphia where the team he's traded to, Montreal, was playing. And... He saw Pete Rose and waved hi to him and later on got in the game, rewind back to the game at Chicago, got a single off of... Fergie Jenkins. Ferguson Jenkins, future Hall of Famer, a Canadian-born player. Later that night, comes in around the 6th or 7th, gets a single off of... Lefty. Steve Carlton, another future Hall of Famer. They won the first game, lost the second game. So he played for two different 
teams in two different ballparks and hit off of two future Hall of Famers. Name that player. Now, what's funny to me, <laughs> what's funny to me is uh, our, our this, fourth we, member of our three old Reds fans. And we Doc, recorded this, what, about five, five, between five and six o'clock that evening? Yes. Okay. Dr. John Helmick, who is fishing in, in Michigan, hopefully he's on his way back. So we're talking about the trivia question and, and how it was, it was a stumper. And it stumped Jeff because I thought Jeff for sure when I named the team, he was with the Mets and then got traded to Exos, I thought for sure, because a lot of times when I'm giving trivia questions, Jeff will nod his head like, ah, I got this young grasshopper, you know, young whippersnapper, I've got this. But it, it stumped him. So John's just texting names out of the blue. And didn't blue. know the question. Paul Didn't know the question. Paul <laughs> Householder. And it was, we were all like, that's a good guess. But you don't even know the question. And so, and then Jeff goes, I'm text back, I'm going to be very upset if he gets this right. So I get up the next morning early. I look, there's a text. And it's from Jeff Gilbert. And he goes, Joel Youngblood. And then I look at the time, 12.33 a.m. Really <laughs> now, now, you also were at the Dayton Dragons game that right. night. And what did your daughter say okay. to you during the so game? So we're at the Dragons game. So we do that. We leave. We go to the Dragons game. And I'm not looking up the answer, but when a name comes to me that it could be this guy, I click. I'm on my phone and I and I've got BaseballReference.com and I'm I put the guy's name in and I scroll down. I'm like, nah, it wasn't him. I look at his when he played. Mm-hmm. And, nah, it wasn't him. Wasn't him. I'd done this about five times. We're about halfway through the game. Who she were goes, some of the guys you guessed? Oh, I oh, Tim Foley. Uh, I didn't know if he Was ever played Foley for the Reds. Tom Foley. Tom Foley. Well, there's two. Tim Foley played for the Expos yeah. and the Mets. Tom Foley was batted lefty. It's a different spelling. E Y F O L E Y. Right. So I looked up Tim Foley. I can't remember if he. You know, I was probably confusing the two guys, and yeah. that's why I did that. Uh, of course, I had mentioned Doug Flynn. I don't know. I think I thought a householder too. When he said it, I looked Just it curious. up. Thought- when he said householder, I looked it up. That might have been <laughs> when I was at the game. So yeah, that was all happening while I'm sitting there watching the Dragons, and then uh, and she fin- she finally says. What are you doing? I said, and so I explained it to her. She she's laughed at me. You're such a nerd, I'm Dad. Such, such a nerd. So I get home. We had recorded the podcast. I go. I left. Rushed out to go to the game. I get home. So I've still got to do the editing and get it posted online, right? So I'm up till about midnight, and I'm still thinking about it. And I can't think of anybody. So I go to. Of course, I let go and lay down in bed. And I'm lying in bed, and I'm just. Starting to think about going to sleep, and all of a sudden, I see these words in my in my mind with my eyes closed. Joel Youngblood. <laughs> Joel Youngblood. He played for the Mets. Yeah, maybe it's him. So I looked. At, I pulled. I grabbed my phone. Te- looked at it. Boom! I was right. I said it just came to me. Joel Youngblood. Which is why I put that because it was after twelve. It was twelve thirty in the morning. Twelve thirty three by your phone. So yeah, that was kind of funny. So Joel Youngblood is the answer to that question. All right, Tom, you got a stumper for us? Something that's going to yeah, keep wow. me up at night? Nothing near is is sophisticated. Is well, that you know, that he, was very impressive, Tim. Okay, so this is a team, a team one, right? Oh, so, you're creative like this because you had a bullpen one one time. Didn't you? I, I, that oh, was my player. That was yeah, his was throwback the, player was the oh, bullpen. Was yeah. Okay, this you can't look this up because it'd be easy to look up, but. Of course, in the 70s, the Reds teams were in the postseason six times out of ten years. Okay. Four of them World Series, right? 
mm-hmm. two of them, which of course they won. And the 60s weren't near as successful, but they did have one postseason appearance. Mm-hmm. The question is, what year and what happened in the postseason? Well, I know what year, and I know how it ended up. So I, we'll let the we'll let the fans. Well, you you kind of you know somebody that played in that World Series. I do. So that's that'll be an interesting thing to discuss next week too. I thought I thought it was this. Uh, I'm not sure what all those hand signals mean. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll discuss that next next week. I guess you, could, you know who they play. I know who they, the outcome. Yeah. Sixties is Gen- kind of easy general, to know who they play. General but. outcome, yeah, but oh, that's a good giveaway right there. Yeah, except so. Dustin won't know. Speaking neither of speaking neither of Larry, Dustin, neither Larry. <laughs> well, Jeff Guernsey, will he know? Doctor Guernsey, I don't I, know. You like, yeah. He's a doctor now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he finished. You say Doctor Zavodny as well. Yes, yes. Okay, very good question. Speaking of Dustin. Speaking of Dustin. Hughes Law, with a focus on wills, trusts, elder law, and businesses, is located in Springfield and serves all 88 counties of the great state of Ohio. For more information, go to HughesLaw.cc or call 937-308-0520 and mention this podcast. Don't think it'll help you at all, but it You'll might. get a wink and a nod. You'll get a wink and a nod, and, uh, and he'll uh, talk about what great guys we are. Maybe. Maybe not. He might not do that because we're making fun of him but he said we could we could we could so good all right your question about this clutch hitting thing that we're not we're leaving bases loaded and not getting enough runs and all that i really didn't find anything there is a saber metric called clutch <laughs> is it is really there, there really is <laughs> is there an e-clutch as well no clutch positive it's <laughs> just a clutch clutch, plus. clutch. All right, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I'm not making this stuff up. This is a fan graph. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually try to listen and get this one. All right, what's this, the formula, Jeff? The formula is immaterial. <laughs> oh, I mean, because we won't understand it. But we've understood it's, the other it's what it's what the it's what it represents and tells us is what really matters. Okay. This okay. Is a, this is a natural sabermetric. This is a, yes. It's focus, Kim. Focus. I am. I am. It hurts. It measures how well a player performed in high leverage situations. Okay. Is that you? You, you tracking? I'm tracking. High leverage. You, you, okay. We we know what like that means. Like bases loaded, two bases outs, loaded two bottom outs, of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Okay. Or two guys on, you know, second, third, nobody out. Okay. It, but it's technically how much better or worse a player does in that le- high leverage situation than he would have done in sort of a neutral environment. So leading off an inning. What's he bat leading off an inning? What's he bat? Nobody on base. Nobody, you know, with nobody on base. And what's he bat in these other situations? Okay. Is it different? Mm-hmm. So technically, the, the, so it really it's measuring, a, comparing a player against himself. Mm-hmm. So a player who hits 300 in high leverage situations, when he's over a 300 hitter anyway, for the purposes of the stat, isn't considered clutch. Say that one more time. For the purposes of this stat, if if you're a 300 hitter and you hit 300 all the time and you also hit 300 in high leverage situations, for the purposes of the stat, you're not clutch. Wow. That makes sense. Just for the purpose, you, you know, so... 
Okay. You got that? Well, All I'm right. just thinking 300 and then 399, but okay. Okay, yeah. If you yeah, if you hit 300 normally, but you hit 375 in higher leverage situations, that's very clutch. I think so. But if you hit 375, it's not all the time, then you're just kind of doing what you normally do. So is, is the clutch thing the difference? Yeah, I think so. That's what the number is? So it takes, basically it takes a couple other Sabre metrics and divides them or something. Stirring the pot. Let's <laughs> just put them all, just throw them all in here like Woba. You just mush all this stuff together, right? <laughs> that conversation? That was one of my favorite conversations of the first 16 episodes. And Kim was sitting here with his head in his hands. Oh, Woba. Trying. Woe me. Woe woe you. Yeah, Woba. W O B A. (laughs) Not to be confused with women's basketball. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, you're going to. You okay over there? You're going to edit this out, aren't you? Yeah, no, probably not. Probably not. Okay, so do you have the actual. I've got got some. I got a little bit of something here for you. A little bit of something. A little something, something. And he, he, he talked about in the context of the team, so I did not look up individual players. We could do that, but I didn't look it up. It shows the pass, but it really can't predict. Hmm. So a rating of 2.0 or better in this formula, because like I said, it takes two or three other sabermetrics and divides them and whatever, and we'd have to explain what they mean. And I don't know what any of those mean. So <laughs> it would take forever. We, we need like an hour show just on this. Dustin's got to pay a lot more money than that. Yeah, that's right. We didn't get paid enough for that. So, excellent is 2.0. Great is 1.0. Above average, 0.5. Average, 0.0. Below average, negative 0.5. Poor, negative 1. And awful, negative 2. So, would you consider the Pirates and the Padres two of the best hitting teams in the major leagues? Absolutely not. All right. Well, they have the highest clutch rating. Wow. Which means in high leverage situations, they do better than they do in low leverage situations, which means they're not they're, there a lot. They're not, they're probably not getting on base a lot and not doing a whole lot to get when into they these do. situations. But when they do, boy, <laughs> they, make, they make it count. So, runner, uh, runners and the Reds are 27th in Major League Baseball, negative 5.01. Wow. So. It's you can't. It's hard to say. The Pirates perform better, and the Padres perform better in these high leverage situations compared to how they perform the rest of the time. The Reds could per- perform worse, but maybe the Reds are in those situations much more often. And you're not going to produce every time, right? So, it's it's kind of a hard thing to figure. So, runners in scoring position, which is not from the 80s, 90s, is kind of a fairly recent term, and we know what that means. So a player's batting average with runners in scoring position has been used to evaluate a player's clutch hitting. However, now I didn't do all the numbers, but they've run the numbers. Few players, very few players, are consistently good or bad at this measure. Year to year, it's different. Lending more credence to the belief that there's no such thing as the skill of clutch hitting. Hmm. You're either a good hitter or you're not. Even though we said Tony Perez always was. Was a clutch hitter. But Tony Perez was a good hitter period it just you know maybe he just did it in some bigger situations than some other guys that we remember that we remember and so forth so that that's sort of where this whole thing falls that's interesting that according to that stat there's there's no consistent yeah you, you know when we looked at joey's on base percentage and it's always over 400 
I bet his runners in scoring position is all over the place. It's not going to have that same consistency. There are a few guys it is, and maybe he's one. Maybe, uh, you know, these high-run producers throughout their career. So, so, so someone like me who's very simple-minded, that's why I like the runners in scoring position for Jeff Gilbert comes up to the plate and his average RISP and his average all other times. I get that much better than stirring the pot. with. Right. But the thing you got to remember there is that's what I'm doing now. It's not really predictive. I might go cold. I might have had a, I might have been really good last year, not so good this year. Doesn't mean over the next month I'm not going to be good at that. Uh, Agreed. But that's why they show for the year. Usually when they show that stat, they'll show Mm -hmm. it for the year. Mm -hmm. Now, quick question to interject. Yeah. Runners in scoring position. Why is it a runner on second base and not in first base? Because technically you're in scoring position well, if you're a runner on any base. No. Well, well it's, it's, the likelihood, base it's, it's the likelihood that you would score on a single. But it's the likelihood, likelihood that you could score on a single. Oh, that's, okay, is that that's how I never heard determined. it defined that it was a Second single. Second and third base are considered in scoring position as you could presumably score on a single. Right. Did not know that. Thank Which you. is the most common hit. See, even I learn a lot on this show. You do. You do. You've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a question kind of related to this. Early in the season, we said, hey, this is a good hitting team, the Reds are. This, is, this, this team could make the playoffs with the hitting, with the lineup we have. And the bullpen it's, was pitching well then. And the bullpen too, but the pitching was obviously still has been terrible this year. Starting. Do yeah. we still believe that this lineup with the hitting is a playoff caliber lineup? I haven't looked at where they compare in all the numbers anymore, but I think in general, but I think that the weakness is is leadoff. I I still think it is a a team, and plus, if you're in more games that mean something, the hitters are going to produce better too. You know what I mean by that? If you're out of it, like we've been so often, it's by tough the fourth inning, mentally motivated. Yes. So I I do believe that this lineup, even with Billy at the top, is we all agree there's there's an oh, issue. Oh, if there. we had. If we had some of the Dodgers or Nationals starting pitching with this lineup and even Billy Batten leadoff, yeah, we'd be in the hunt. Yeah, I agree. In this division. Definitely well, in this division. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the Nationals and the Dodgers well, are Well, certainly in the wild card hunt because the Dodgers, nobody's catching them this year. Uh, wasn't it interesting that a pitcher could go out and throw nine no-hit innings and not win the game? Yeah, how about that? And he's a Dodger. I mean, what's, see, that's how unpredictable baseball is. If there's any team you're going to go throw nine no-hit innings for and you're going to win, who is it? It's the Dodgers. (laughs) Not not that night. Crazy. And who was the last guy to do that? Lose a no-hitter in the 10th inning? Harvey Haddix? Well, no, he lost in the 12th. Past ninth inning, I should say. Yeah, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he was. Was he the last one? He's a Springfield guy or New Carolina. Yeah, he's from. uh, He was in Champaign. He he was born in Champaign County. Uh, Went to a, a high school that was known as West. Ville, I think. I think it's mm-hmm. Westville. And I think I've been through that little spot in the road up there mm-hmm. somewhere. And then they moved into Clark County and he went to what was known as Catawba High School, which is up, up outside of Springfield area. Mm-hmm. And then there's a summer league. I don't know if it still exists, but when I was called a kid, yeah, it, it was still called does. the Lawrence Haddock's League. Yeah. And that's named after Brooks Lawrence, who's from around here somewhere. And I coached at Wilmington College. Right. And you coached against him. When you were at Cedarville, and so he, it was in the Lawrence Hat. I played in it one year, and our little league field in New Carlisle, which is a small town in Clark County, not where he's from, but for whatever reason, 
and I don't know the why. Maybe he was there. Maybe they got him to come for, you know, dedicate the field or something. But it was called Haddock's Field, mm-hmm. and it may still be. I don't know. But the New Carl Baseball Association that I grew up playing in was Haddock's Field, and so yeah, Harvey Haddock's went twelve innings, perfect innings, and then got beat. And so he has. After that, they decided. There was it used to be asterisk in the book, so like as an as a quote no hitter, but you don't get credit for that anymore. It's it's however the game finishes is what it is. And so you had asked me that question, Kim. I Does did he because get I remember for the no, asterisk. But it wasn't something too. You could pitch eight innings, okay, and well, if you lose, it was a complete game, but what? you didn't get credit for the no hitter because you didn't pitch nine. Really? Because you if you lose. Like no, not you because you lost, because you didn't go nine innings. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, so I'm, so if you're on the road But if you win, home, if you win, you're going to pitch nine innings. Because the other losing team's going to bat something nine. Where, I, I need to but think if you, it through. There was something you, where a guy went eight innings, no hit, gave up no hits, but it wasn't officially a no-hitter. Maybe a relief pitch. Uh, no, no, well, no. Well, then you get a combined no-hitter. I like don't rain know. out? I don't know. Uh, no, a rain-shortened one. It's a complete game. I think it counts. I'd have to I'd have to right. check, but they changed. Well, this how that guy works. for the Dodgers was he's like their number three Rich pitcher. Hill, yeah, he's had a good, really good season for him. Yeah. Okay, you're on the road. You lose. You're losing one to nothing. You have a no hitter. Top of the ninth inning, your team does not right. score. You did not come out and pitch the ninth inning. Right. There was no relief pitcher or anything. Right. You pitched a complete game, and that was the deal. The pitcher got a got a got a. In the in the column, he received a complete game, but they did not give him a no hitter because he did not pitch nine innings. And but, did this but really he pitched happen? a complete game. Did this really yes. happen? Yes. Okay, I didn't read that part. And so that so I, I remember to? the nine innings. I, I had forgotten about that with the asterisk. I can remember the nine innings, and then later on they said nope, not even an asterisk. Yeah. But that happened one time where the guy went eight innings, a complete game, but he did not get credit for the no hitter. So Harvey Haddock. I gotta find out who that right, was. Yeah. Harvey Haddock probably pitched the greatest game anybody ever pitched, because you know who he pitched that against in '49 or whatever it was. Dodgers, Brooklyn, the Braves, Yankees. Hank Aaron, Milwaukee, Eddie Matthews, um, just Joe Adcock, a couple wow. other names, and he beat Lou Burdett, who was a good pitcher. Who gave up? Who like, you know, did the ultimate scattering ever of like ten or twelve hits and and um, won the game. So yeah, Harvey Haddock's probably pitched the greatest game anybody ever pitched, and he lost. So that's that's another reason why we hear so much more about now in the sabermetrics here that wins and losses is it's interesting, but it's really no way to really measure a pitcher. I mean, Harvey Haddock's is that's that's sort of like an one little anecdotal proof of that, but like. He pitched the greatest game anybody ever threw against a really good lineup. And he wasn't very big. You know, he's less than six foot, left-hander. He wasn't very big. Uh, and he was like a really low draft pick. Nobody thought much of him. But he made it. He had a pretty nice little career. So, Harvey Haddix. Harvey Too bad he's not from Cedarville. He's no Bumpus Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone else that's pitched a no-hitter in their major league debut? Then... No, Bumpus is the only one. Yeah. Yeah. If they think of any level, you know, oh. high school, college. I mean, the rarity of that. The rarity of that. It's probably happened somewhere, but yeah, certainly not. 
certainly not in the majors. So, all right, guys. I missed doing this last week. Glad we got to do it today. So, well, we hope everybody joins us next time, and we'll see where the this pitching young pitching staff measures up and what's going on with that. And the only funk going on now will be when the season's over. Okay. We'll go into a funk. If the season ended today, I think we have the number four pick. Okay. Well, and we can draft that guy, and five years from now we can talk about him. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. All right. Well, join us. We'll try to come up with another Sabre metric that um, Kim can understand. Can we thank our sponsor one more time? And we time? can thank our sponsor, the Esquire, Dustin Hughes. Thank you, Dustin. We appreciate your business. Until next time, go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds.